Hey, it's Daniel and Jacob. We're back. Just have to uh, point this out. I don't know if Jacob's trying to be like holier than thou or just let me know, hey, I am in the word today, but you're not going to be able to see it in the podcast. But if you look behind and it's on the video, you can actually see Jacob's Bible is propped up and open in the video (laughs) just perfectly to be like, I am so holy. (laughs) Hey, man, if I don't have my Bible out. Uh, and letting people know that I'm reading the Bible. Like, am I am I even a Christian? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So we're talking about technology, and I understand that talking about technology and rhythms, yada yada yada. It's it's overdone, and we talk about it all the time, and people get it and they understand. So the next thing, what are some things, Jacob, you and your family do on a consistent basis? This building rhythms, and and what does your Sabbath look like? Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that uh, that we do, um, and actually it's it's new because uh, now our family is not just uh, Catherine and I. Um, it's it's Catherine, uh, myself, and Elijah. One of the one of the rhythms that we have is, well, I know that you are uh, a guitar mastermind, um, <laughs> but one of the things I'm trying to do is pick up guitar because I'm really passionate about family worship uh, and the idea of implementing music uh, into our into our home. So what I've done, I've only learned a few chords, um, but what I'm doing in this space is reading a psalm uh, and kind of singing that psalm out loud um, and then praying that very same psalm uh, with with Catherine and, and having Elijah hear it. Um, because the the rhythm, the family rhythm uh, of uh, again again getting into the word together, um, singing together, um, those are kind of things that we're learning. Uh, we're we're adjusting to it because again, he's still ten months old, <laughs> so um, maybe a fire truck or or a dinosaur is more appealing uh, than um, than dad um, praying through a psalm, but. It's the intentionality there because life is messy. It's not going to be this this cookie cutter uh, kind of uh, outcome when we are doing these rhythms. In fact, I think um, it's it surprises that the Lord actually shows us His grace, and the Lord does surprise us uh, with with Elijah and how he is um, reacting to certain kind of things. Uh, he he reacts to prayer in such a again, such a childlike way, um, just loves prayer. Um, but this is an area, if I'm being honest, contrary to belief, people think that just because I'm a pastor or just because pastors are pastors that we are flawless at this. Um, if I'm being vulnerable here, I am not flawless at this. Uh, this is something that, um, I am continuing, continuously trying to learn and, uh, get better at. I mean, I remember a a mentor friend of mine saying that if we can just move a little further along uh, in, in the spiritual disciplines and our walk with Jesus, then, then we do see that Jesus continues to be with us. So that's an area that my wife and I are, are learning and continuously uh, working at. We're not doing it flawlessly. We're not, we don't have a specific rhythm, but if it's still happening, then there is a rhythm to it. And there's still intentionality happening. Now, what I'm personally doing, one of the rhythms uh, that that I do, believe it or not, as someone who is, <laughs> as someone that's quite talkative. Uh, and, and, no, and you to... don't say. 
Hey, hey man, be careful. Uh, I, no, Jake, Jacob is a huge introvert. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get my energy from being by myself. Yes. Not, that's um, he's been sitting there reading the Bible all day long. That's it. <laughs> but, but one of the rhythms uh, that I have implemented actually in recent years is silence. Uh, silence and solitude. Um, uh, there's actually, um, several people that you can look at different church fathers and mothers throughout, throughout history, where they would say that they would spend more times, uh, in silence, uh, to prepare for their work of, uh, in the day. Um, so one of the things that I do again, to, to resist the hurry, to resist the, again, cause I'm in a pastoral work, uh, where, um, there is just this, this inkling that I need to do all these things for God which that's actually an unhealthy statement um, and not a true statement. God didn't create us to do things for him, but to do things with him and to uh, enjoy him while we glorify uh, him in our works. But before I start the day, it's actually funny. Uh, uh, I have to get to my office because my my home, I don't have that kind of super holy. Uh, it's funny that you said that about my Bible. I don't have that kind of super holy kind of approach where the very first thing I do when I wake up is go straight to the kitchen table to get into the word. Well, that's, that's really challenging with a, with a 10 month old and when he's awake before me. Um, so I, what I have to do is I have to get home, uh, get to my office, uh, and close the door, uh, so that I'm not interrupted. And I just take about 20 minutes, um, to just practice being silent. Uh, now, sometimes silence can be deafening, uh, ironically, and yes. all the distractions that can come in that. Uh, I actually learned this from the Episcopals, uh, this practice called uh, centering prayer, where in silence, you have a certain uh, word that reflects the character of God, and you meditate on that one word, which uh, worldly meditation, just to clarify, worldly meditation uh, from different religions is about not thinking whatsoever uh, because uh, the flesh is bad and all of that. What Christian meditation is, uh, is actually more of a focusing in. It actually is thinking, but specifically thinking about the Lord uh, and dwelling on the Lord. Uh, so for, for 20 minutes, I'm not, I'm not praying because oftentimes if you grew up in the church, prayer becomes, that, that even becomes something that we have to produce. Uh, that we try to say the right words to God, and we try to sound very theological or very smart to God, as if as if someone else is listening to our prayers. Um, so it's not even about that. It's just more sitting in a space, dwelling on, let's say, holiness, dwelling on that word holiness, and looking back at how the Lord had been holy to me, or peace, looking back and seeing how the Lord has been peaceful to me, knowing that no matter what happens today, this is where the Lord has shown up and has been relational to me. So that when the hurry comes and I have to show up at this certain type of thing or have this kind of expectation or um, have these kind of things that, that I'm expecting of myself, I'm allowing myself to remember again, it's the Lord that sustains me today. And it's, it's in that silence where I don't even contribute and the Lord just loves me. In fact, that's that's what silence and solitude is, is that you just sit in a space and the Lord just love you. Just so, let him love you. So that concept's called centering prayer. Yes. So it's kind of kind of the thought I, I wrote down a couple things. And, and the first one, 
is I thought back to when um, Adam French from Recovery Refuge was on the panel. He mentioned just simply how he starts his day by literally sitting in silence. It was either the next day or a couple of days later. <laughs> and sadly, I haven't done this since. And, and I need to because I know it would be really good. But like you said, the silence being deafening. I literally just I just want people that are listening to try it. Just try getting up in the morning by yourself. First thing before anybody else does. And literally go sit on the couch or go sit somewhere, right? Where you're not going to fall asleep. You're going to stay awake, right? And just literally sit in silence. And because of the world we live in today, it is super, super, super difficult. And it's super disarming. And it's really, really difficult to do. And kind of the segue into that is what I like about you talking about centering prayer is it gives you it gives you a focal point in that, right? So you're not yep. simply being silent just to see, hey, can I be silent? But you're actually going there to focus on something specific to the Lord, you know, yep. like holiness. You know, what what does that mean to 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 me? What what does that mean to God? And just focusing on that while while you're centering in silence. So maybe I'll try that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and that that's it has been a hard. It has been a hard practice. And again, that's where um, I would say that even if it's challenging, you can't do the full 20 minutes and you can only make it to two. Like Jacob, I can only make two minutes. <laughs> well, don't think that don't think that our father is Pharaoh, because I oftentimes think that uh, that, hey, God's disappointed in me because I had this kind of expectation or I, I didn't get uh, a word for him or I, I didn't. I, I didn't get anything out of this. The Lord must be disappointed with me. That's not true. Our God is not Pharaoh. Our God is not um, what we think of ourselves. Our God is so much more loving and, and abundantly faithful in love towards us. Um, so even in that, uh, he smiles at us uh, when we are uh, intentionally just pursuing after him. Uh, and that pursuit doesn't have to be in, in sweat and tears, although it also can be. It can yeah. also be this this simple childlike pursuit of, of just taking the time uh, to just dwell in his presence. In fact, that's one of the monks, uh, because when you think about meditation, when you think about silence, you think about monk life, right? Hashtag monk life. Um, <laughs> but um, one of the one of these famous monks, his name's Brother Lawrence. He wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. Uh, and in this book, he, he is saying there is nothing Nothing more important for the human being than to just, again, practice, have the rhythm of being in the presence of God. Uh, in fact, when I was uh, uh, talking to our congregation, uh, our pastor uh, allowed me to uh, be the first uh, first sermon uh, in the new year, which I actually famously coined it to be Associate Pastor Sunday. Um, but um, when uh, he asked me to preach on the first Sunday of the year, um, what, what was dwelling was the most important thing for us is to practice the presence of God. Uh, so when we are in that silence and, in and solitude, um, again, why is it important? Well, Jesus did it too. Uh, he, there's, there's, there is countless stories where Jesus gets away. Uh, he gets away from, uh, the hurry. And it, it's not even just the hurry and the things that we think that we say are cultural, He's getting away from ministry. He's getting away from what we would consider to be good mm -hmm. things. He is getting away from even that because he's saying that 
intimacy with my father is better. Um, so there is nothing more important than intimacy with uh, uh, with with the Lord. Uh, and silence and solitude is just a space again where you're not trying to contribute to even trying to woo the Father. They're like, hey, love me because of how well I pray, or love me because of uh, well, hey, I'm I'm reading this many verses and I'm making this many notes. Those things are also rhythms. Bible study, um, the prayer, these things are rhythms. But what silence and solitude says, hey, you're not bringing anything to the table. It's just the Lord actually inviting you to the table and saying, hey, come and see. Come and see again who I am. Well, I mean, I love it. It's kind of like when he was, you know, in the garden and he left to, to go pray, you know, and just spend time with the Father. Um, I think about rhythm and we talk about rhythm. Uh, I love that you brought up, you're like, hey, my, I can't remember how you said it, but you basically said like my home is not the best place to 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 spend time in silence well you knowing that and knowing that you've built in that 20 minutes when you get up in the morning and then you get to your office that 20 minutes has become a rhythm right because it's not so much of when it happens it's that it happens and it happens consistently Mm. you know yeah um so I, I I love that. You know, it doesn't mean that like, hey, the first thing I have to do when I hit the floor is open up my Bible, right? You know, it's okay that the first thing I, I, I do is get up and maybe go use the bathroom and then maybe I start my coffee, right? But I build that conscious rhythm into my life that like, yes, no matter what, between this time and this time, I am going to read my Bible. You know, I am yeah. going to get into the word and I have time I have time set for for that or just simply, you know, you talked about um, running, you know, uh, running. And, and then instead of being stimulated by music, right, we're just like literally paying attention to what we see in creation and giving thanks to God as we're we're running one of the a, a, a healthy rhythm. I wouldn't say it's obviously a spiritual rhythm, but a healthy rhythm that I've gotten into just a lifestyle thing for work is emails. Like I li- I try not to check emails when I get home and I try not to check emails first thing in the morning. And I try not to check emails when I first get into the office. I try to do one or two other things before I even open up my email. And I love what a friend sent me. He sent me a podcast and it talks about like when somebody sends an email, a lot of times, right, that's an emergency for them, but don't necessarily make it an emergency for you, you know, mm-hmm. because I can get to checking emails. Emails can pop up and be like, bing, you know, and I'm like automatically want to check it. But I, but I love trying to resist that urge to go there because that's going to in turn build a healthier rhythm for me. So yeah. Anyway, man, what, is there anything else that you guys do? Um, I know, man, you're pretty, you're pretty big on like, Hey, this is my Sabbath day. I'm not really going to have much communication with the outside world. Like me, like Jacob is one of my close friends, but I'm probably not going to be easily able to get a like in touch with Jacob on a Tuesday when his Sabbath is. It's just not going to happen. And can yeah. you talk about what you kind of do? Like, do you just kind of put your phone to the side? I know some people talk about turning their phone off for 24 hours. What is it that you do and what have you found works for you? 
Yeah. Uh, the, the first, the first thing that I have to do, like I, I stand by what I said uh, earlier uh, that notifications are the new kind of nicotine uh, that it, it is addicting to hear the, the ding um, whether it's email, whether it's Facebook, whether it's a text message, um, all of those things, um, like it's, it's nice to feel wanted. Plus it's also nice to just be in the know. Um, so that was the first thing that typically goes on Wednesday that, that, uh, I, Oh, so your my... Sabbath is on Wednesday now? Yes. Wednesday. Okay. Awesome. Um, How is I your am Sabbath the... on a Wednesday. Uh, well, you know what? I'm the only pastor <laughs> probably in all of the United States that doesn't work on a Wednesday. Um, um, and and they were just like, hey, we're going to get Jacob uh, uh, not near uh, the, the youth and kids because he might bore them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no. Yeah. Wednesdays are, are, are my my Sabbath where I, I do practice uh, some of these rhythms. Um, but it does start again uh, with. Um, uh, making some, making some intentional movements where I'm putting my phone um, in a specific uh, place. Um, I'm having to actually say some mantras, which is like a statement of truth, um, where I'm telling myself because Wednesdays are my day that I'm with my with my son, uh, Catherine and I. Um, uh, again, we both are full time jobs, so Catherine is is working. Um, and we have family in the area that are able to watch our son, but Wednesday is my day, uh, to, to continue to be a, a father. Um, and I'm having to say statements like my son, like, this is just a blanket statement, simple statement. My son is more important than my work. Um, and having to say those kind of statements so that when the temptation does come of like, Hey, well, I wonder what's happening over at the church or, Hey, I wonder what's happening uh, right now, or I wonder what's happening in the world. Um, to say a simple statement, my son is more important and say it out loud. Uh, I haven't gotten to this point yet, but even writing it down so that I can see it. Um, my son is more important than my work. Um, dude, that's, uh, um, that's, sorry to stop you, but that that's huge right there. Cause I, I have a really, I have difficulty with that and it's really convicting, right? When I, when I sit there and emails are coming through and I know they're from work or somebody's text messaging me, but consciously being able to, to be like, no, my children are more important or my wife is more important. And being able, right. it doesn't mean that they're not important when you don't answer it. But I think saying there's something about probably saying that mantra yes. over and over again, that's like a convincing statement where you're like, oh, wow, like, like. I, I I'm I'm believing it now over and over. I mean, it's obviously true, but doing something else to kind of like jumpstart you into moving that direction. Yes. So I'm I'm practicing those things. I have one of the things that I do um, for our church. I'm I'm over small groups, and um, last last uh, year um, we've been going through uh, practicing the way of Jesus. And one of the things that we talked about was Sabbath and how to practice it. Um, what I ended up giving them uh, was all these kind of restful rhythms based off of the season of life. So whether you were an empty empty nester or parents with teenagers or, or young families or singles, uh, young professionals, um, I gave a list of ideas of, of certain practices that you can at least implement uh, Sabbath rhythms, uh, because maybe it really is hard. Like, as I said earlier, um, if Sabbath, if Sabbath means or if rest means like completely doing nothing, well, guess what? 
Wednesday's not my Sabbath because I have a I have a ten month old where I'm always <laughs> keep, he's keeping me he's keeping me on my toes. But if if Sabbath is both my son and I are both sons together by this father who sustains us both, then there's some things that we can do together. Uh, so I actually had to look at the things that I wrote for uh, parents with young families, which was one of them was. Uh, uh, go to the park uh, uh, and pack a bag with some toys and, and play together. Yes, um, in light of, of the of the Lord and knowing that He is with you in this, that was a Sabbath rhythm uh, that that Elijah and I actually did that this past Wednesday. We didn't have a bag of toys, but we went down to Miracle Park, I think it's called in Gallatin. We were just at the playground, and I was just getting to see him laugh on the swing um, and and thanking the Lord. Like it doesn't have to be. Because uh, I used to have this idea growing up, again, uh, in in a very uh, conservative kind of mindset that my prayer has to be super deep, super long in the morning, and that's what it means to be qu- to have quiet time. But then what I found myself doing in my life was that that was it. I never actually prayed throughout the day, which that's what scripture is encouraging, is to meditate on his word throughout the day and throughout the night. Mm-hmm. I actually think that Jesus... Um, is encouraging us to live a kind of lifestyle where he is literally with us, walking with us because of his Holy Spirit, um, that we get to talk to him. There doesn't have to be a big speech. So, for example, when I'm practicing this this uh, this rhythm of being with my son at the playground, I'm just saying, I'm just talking out loud. Lord, thank you that that we're swinging together and, and he's experiencing your joy um, and not having to go any further than that, but just thanking the Lord. Or then as we as we walk together and we see other children uh, playing on the playground, just, hey, Lord, if these if these uh, children um, have parents that don't know you, if they don't know you, would you be with them? Uh, would you go with them like how you're going with us? Um, well, I mean, there's no and, doubt in your mind when, when you say those things that the Lord is is going with you wherever you go. Right. Yeah, and, and that you're in that there and, and now. And I love that. I love that. And I think we we are so good at overcomplicating things, mm. overcomplicating mm-hmm. everything. And it really doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah, absolutely not. And and I think that's that's the beautiful thing of what what Jesus is doing. Um, our resurrected Jesus, who, as we are on this podcast, is, again, interceding on behalf of us, like literally just like how we have flesh. Um uh, uh, on opposite sides of the screen, he is right next to the Father praying for us. But the the first thing the resurrected Jesus does uh, when he's out uh, out in the out in the world, um, or one of the first things, is that he's having breakfast on the beach. Look at look at homie <laughs> Jesus eating some broiled fish. Um, I wish it was Chick Fil A breakfast, but it was broiled fish, uh, and that's that's how he's living his life. It's just simple, simple human beauty, uh, living the beautiful life. Uh, so that's one of the things that, again, even when I'm thinking about these, these rhythms I have with my son, like we, we now have a zoo membership. So it's something that we can, we can go to the zoo together. Um, uh, we can, um, go outside and go for a walk. Um, like these are these very practical rhythms that to your point, we overcomplicate because we're somewhere in our minds are just like, Hey, that's not holy. Um, these kind of things, are not holy, but we actually have a really twisted definition of holiness where holiness to us is about these strict rules when holiness deepened really is love, loving the Lord uh, with um, 
with our life, with the things that we have, the people that we're with. So yeah, it's actually very holy uh, for us to be participating in the, in the created life that we have making uh, the space to um, enjoy each other's presence. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I love that, man. I, I love that. I, this thought just crossed my mind. This is a little off, but it's funny that we're talking about rhythms of life right now. And in my screen, as you can see, the very top picture is says hustle, you know, so maybe no. In, yeah. In my, oh, 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 maybe, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. So maybe that'll be a reminder uh, for me, right. To, to slow down, throw away the grind a little bit and the execution and, and just go out there and enjoy it. And you're talking about your son. And one of the things that came to mind and what you're doing is you're helping to build healthy rhythms for him at a very, very young age. You know, I, I work at a food bank and Jacob, you know, came down one day and brought his son and they prayer walked the the property, you know, and that is a spiritual discipline and a way of building a healthy rhythm. You know, I don't know if you guys go out, you know, every every time you are together on Wednesday and go prayer walk somewhere. But just the fact that you're going along with him and you're building those things into healthy rhythm, it's it's amazing, man. Jacob, we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you being on the very first Hands to the Plow podcast, man. I'm really excited to see what you continue to do. I, we didn't even in, really introduce what you do and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, give a little bit about yourself, I guess, since we're at the end and, and what, you do, <laughs> what you're doing, kind of what your plans are for the future, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the the occupational role, the, the, again, my vocation is with Christ is Love Church. Uh, it's a church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and I'm the community life pastor. And as those are some some pretty broad words. Uh, so the specifics are I'm over small groups, men's ministry, uh, community outreach and young professionals. Uh, so it's it's a, a big space. But primarily, I believe maybe I'm old fashioned. I'd like to believe this, this is new fashion because um, it's it's a part of the new work that that the Lord has given us. But out of Ephesians 4, it says, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, so that's my primary role is, is equipping leaders uh, to do the work of the ministry because there are neighbors and uh, nations that don't know the gospel of Jesus as well as haven't experienced the gospel of Jesus. So um, if it was meant to be for just one pastor, then I think we would have a, well, the kingdom of God is not that big, is it? But because it's not that and because it is through the people of God, the kingdom of God is indeed uh, moving and bigger than we would ever have thought. And I'll, I'll say, man, um, from what I've seen, you're an amazing father, amazing husband, um, doing amazing things at Christ is Love Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Your church is on fire. It's growing. Uh, it it does some amazing things in the community with your outreach. Uh, so one of the things Jacob and his team do is instead of creating kind of their their own ministry, um, they actually latch on to a lot of other ministries, invest in other ministries. You know, like Jacob says, there's no reason to reinvent the re the wheel. So they kind of go out there and it's Foster's Family Network, I think, uh, Shalom Zone, Feed Sumner, which is is where we're at right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Real yeah. Quick wrap up. Yeah, and it's actually part of that same Ephesians 4 passage of of talking about uh, 
about what real unity looks like. And until we reach unity, um, I've always had that kind of phrase stuck in my head until we reach unity. Um, so many times uh, the local church uh, can have individual silos and we call those church campuses. And it was never meant to be this way. Uh, I actually do think that there can be a narrative where they say that denominations are a bad thing. I think if we reframe the narrative as, hey, we're reaching different ethnicities, different groups, different communities. I think there's actually a beauty of the unity and in, in diversity. So as I'm as I'm thinking about that and dwelling on that, uh, the Lord made it really clear. Why would we try to reinvent the wheel and try to create our own thing when I know that there are other people who are just as inspired by the Lord, led by the Spirit, um, as me? that maybe I can receive leadership from them and to serve their vision because that is the the, the ultimate characteristic of a Christ follower is, is one who practices humility. And that's something that uh, we're hoping for our church is that, hey, we would humble ourselves and serve the vision of the people like these different nonprofits, these different churches, uh, and learn from them and serve them. Um, we're not here trying to be uh, the biggest church on the street. We're trying to be a faithful church on the street. Um, so if, if if it means to be more faithful, it means that we're going to align with other people, um, even if it doesn't have the CIL logo on it. Um, but if it has if it has the the reality of the cross on it, then we're going to participate every single time. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for being on the very first episode of the Hands to the Plow podcast. I'm sure you'll be coming on again. I don't know what we'll be discussing, but I know Jacob, uh, being as introverted as he is, um, <laughs> won't have anything else to say. So, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Just one more thing, one more thing. If you had one last thing to to say to everyone, what would it be? <sighs> I mean, even uh, even in light of the title of, of this being hands to the plow, um, know that it's because the Lord, um, like in the context of that verse, um, leading into a harvest, there is a sower that sowed something before you were even there to put your hands to the plow, that because of his finished work, you're able to put your hands to the plow from what he has done. So the Putting your, putting your hands to the plow ought to be a part and from a place of rest. So I'm hoping that um, as as we continue as, as a people to look toward uh, what the Lord has in store for us, I pray uh, that we would continue just to live from a place of rest rather than for it. Yeah, and I think that's good. We'll end it on a challenge, man. Let's let's try, uh, everyone who's listening to this podcast, Jacob, myself included, let's try to work from a place of rest rather than working to rest. Again, it's Daniel, Hands to the Plow podcast. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, Jacob. See you, man. See you, man.